You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number 11. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over-drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all, welcome to the podcast. Now, when I wanted to stop over-drinking, one of the things I found the hardest to do was it was actually difficult to catch myself actually in the act of drinking. I'd be midway through my second glass before I realised I was even drinking. And in fact, this getting awareness about drinking and the act of doing it was one of the most important steps I took on my journey to stopping over-drinking. It sounds like such a, an, uh, a simple thing, right? It's so obvious, but it was so, so, so important. And over time, I coached myself and taught myself to what I would call spot a distraction at 100 paces because it all came down, I found, to zero distraction drinking. That was something that really helped me a lot. So that's what we're going to talk about today and I'll explain why it's so important. So first, let's answer the question, how can I possibly be drinking without realising it, right? Especially because there's there's actually a lot of processes involved here. So my uh, drink, uh, go-to drink was French white wine, which would be chilled sitting in the fridge, right? So I'd have to get up, go to the fridge, open the door, bring out the bottle, perhaps open it, you know, uncork it or and unscrew the lid if it was already open, um, get a glass, pour it into the glass, put the wine back in the fridge so it would continue to chill, lift the glass to my lips, etc. etc. Right? There was a lot going on there. So how can it be that I would be drinking without realising it? Well it actually all comes down to the brain and I'm going to oversimplify it um, for the purposes of this podcast as I find that actually helps to uh, push the message through but you know obviously um, there's there's a lot lot more involved to this but I don't think actually we need to know all the ins and outs of it. So in essence there are two main areas of the brain. There is what is often called the primitive or the lower brain and then there is the prefrontal cortex or often called the human brain. Now firstly, let's talk about the primitive brain. This is wired around three axes, often called uh, the motivational triad. First, our brains are designed to seek pleasure. Now drink is something that we see as a pleasure, right? Because drink has been um, man-made and designed and concentrated to make us feel good. Drink alcohol delivers spikes of dopamine to our brain. And when our brain gets these hits of dopamine, it pays attention because alcohol feels like such a glorious reward, like such, such pleasure. So that's why we are, uh, we are attracted to alcohol through the sense of pleasure. Our brains are also wired to avoid pain, right? And this includes all the feelings like disappointment and sadness and annoyance and shame. Our brain is designed to run a mile from these. So if you drink when you feel disappointment, that's because you're trying to dull out um, that that feeling, right? You're trying to get the drink to neutralize and then remove, at least for the moment, that feeling of disappointment. But if you do this enough, your brain will learn this, right? You will teach yourself that uh, when you feel disappointment, your brain will say, well, you know how to handle this, Anna, don't you? You have a drink. And then, you know, that neutralizes the disappointment, but it basically then reinforces that programming. 
The other third axis along which our brains are um, programmed to operate is to be efficient. This sort of tops um, the, the motivational triad off. This is the cherry on the cake. Your primitive or lower brain is like a factory, right? It loves, loves, loves efficiency. And this is the brain that's in operation when we do all the repeat processes such as cleaning our teeth and walking, sitting down, how we hold a knife and fork, how we pour water, how we eat, how we drive. You know, the more you do something, the more you learn how to do that something and it becomes easier to do. It takes less energy and requires less oversight. So you're actually doing these things more on sort of what feels like automatic pilot. And this is exactly what the reason why when I have people say that they feels like they are drinking an automatic pilot, it's hard to spot even as I said at the beginning of the podcast that they're drinking. And that's because we have become very, very efficient at it. By drinking, we have taught ourselves that that's a way to feel pleasure. And we've taught it's a way to avoid pain. And then we've trained our brain that when we experience an uncomfortable feeling, like disappointment or sadness or whatever, we drink. And when you do this, it reconditions your body's automatic response to drink. And then you create these results again and again by drinking efficiently. So that's how the primitive brain operates. And left, you know, without any oversight, it would carry on doing this every single day. But as humans, we have a second area in our brain, a second key area, often called the human brain. And this this human brain, this wants the best for ourselves. This is not a factory. This is really um, the area that's that's thinking ahead, that is, is looking for the best version of ourselves. It's the part of the brain we use for planning, for strategy. It's the part of the brain we use where we think about things and where we determine the results we want to achieve, the goals we want to set. It's how we step out of our primitive brain, factory-like, repeat, repeat, repeat programming and step in to change that program right so we'll have that that primitive brain program running but we can override it we can interrupt and override that by using our human brain so in other words the human brain is really the part of the brain that we use to affect change in our lives this is the bit of us that will create a healthy food plan for us to eat even if we've spent years and years and years repeatedly eating fast food the human brain is the area of the brain that will see us create and follow through on an exercise plan, however much we may, ha- may have the feeling to resist the temptation to just sit on the sofa. Now, I like to think of the human brain as the engine that's driving us, sitting behind us as we really experience life, right? That's doing that. And without this, we'd be rather sitting, taking the easy route, Uh, following, you know, driven by the primitive brain and its drive for efficiency. We're just doing the same old, same old, same old every day. Now, when I say the primitive brain is the piece that drives us to experience something, think about that. What is really involved in having a full experience? How does that feel for you? What does that mean for you? For me, it's when I'm really all in. It's when I'm really feeling what's going on. I'm actively participating. 
with other people, for instance, it's when I'm really listening to them. I'm not queuing up thoughts in my brain then for the next thing I'm going to say. I'm not hearing what's being said by the other person and thinking how that applies to me. No, no, I'm fully engaged in just the act of listening. How this shows up at work is when I'm really focused on the task at hand. Now, I have a friend who's a past master at this. They get so into their work that I believe, I truly believe they'd carry on working if a load of fireworks were set off beside them. And that's really um, being in the experience of the moment. How this happens for me with food is when I'm really tasting what's on my plate. And I occasionally do this some dinners, right? It's sort of a fun, fun thing to do. So rather than just eating, I eat more slowly. I savour each bite. I pay attention to the colours and the textures of the food. And this isn't all about glorifying, you know, the most ex- exceptional food. You can do this with even the most commonplace food that you might eat, but really experience it rather than just wolfing it down, um, you know, as, as sort of sustenance. And you can do the same thing too with drink. So this is a case of savouring every sip and really tasting whatever is you're drinking. And I'm not talking here about alcohol necessarily. I did this the other day with elderflower cordial. And it was incredible, the sensation and the experience that I had drinking this this drink that, you know, obviously I've driven, drink drunk on and off for years. Um, it, was, it was wonderful to be able to just focus on it pretty much to the exclusion of all else going on around me. Now, the common link between all of these examples I've given you, whether it's at work or how you eat food or drink or so on, is that um, they are free of distraction, where you're focusing 100% on the person, on the task, on the food, the drink or the whatever. It's operating distraction-free and it's doing this that brings us to a higher level of attainment for ourselves, to a higher level of appreciation. Now, even at the time when so many of us are faced with more and more distractions in our daily lives, which I know I see so much in other people and myself, but getting out of being driven by distraction and instead functioning from a position of intention is where we bring our human brain into action. It's where we realise how much control we do have over our lives and over the results that we consequently create. And this is why, by the way, I, de- I developed my signature coaching framework where and I have built three pillars of intention, courage, commitment, because this to me reflects the importance of deciding with intention and being ready to feel the courage to follow through on what you decided and then to be committed to doing it again and again. But it all starts with intention. OK, so. When I started to dig into my drinking patterns, I quickly found that I was a very distracted drinker, which is unsurprising really, because it's very easy to get distracted, to feel distracted in many areas of your life. And when I paid attention, I noticed that one of my prime drinking times was when I was preparing dinner in the evening. In fact, I get so into the groove of this drinking plus cooking combo that it would often take longer to prepare dinner than you know really I needed. And it wasn't uncommon for me to drink three glasses of wine before dinner, before the dinner was even on the table, right? Just I was in the act of preparing it. Cinemas, I've noticed, cinemas in our area have started offering a bar service in the actual cinema, right? Where you can actually order booze right from your seat and food, by the way, as well. 
This, I imagine, is a boon for the cinema's revenues because when you're delivering drink, when your customer's attention is elsewhere on the film, which is what you've paid to go and see, they're not really paying any kind of attention to how much they're drinking and they are, by design, distracted drinkers. I see this also when I'm out with friends drinking. I'd often lose track in terms of how much I drunk. That is distraction drinking. But Anna, I hear you shrieking. That's what you do. That's what we do. We drink with friends. By its very nature, drinking is a distraction in those situations. I hear you. I get it. And if you're happy with the results that you're creating by going ahead and doing these things, then it's no big deal. It's absolutely fine. But if you don't like how much you're drinking and if you want to change the result, if for you the pain of staying the same gets greater than the pain of change, I encourage you to look at why and when you're drinking. I encourage you to really look to see if you are subjecting yourself to distractions. This is valuable information that will help you interrupt your drinking patterns and create the reality you want. And that's why I'm big into what I call zero distraction drinking. At its most extreme, this is that when you drink, you drink, right? That's all you do. You don't do something else alongside it. So in my case, I wouldn't drink when I cooked dinner or I wouldn't drink while I was watching TV. In the early days, I didn't do this all the time, I will hasten to add. I found it really quite hard and it was quite a shift, but I did find it powerful. So I did bring it into my routine as often as I could. It would just be a case of me sitting down with a glass of wine with the sole purpose of drinking the glass of wine, right? Just like I sometimes do with a cup of tea first thing in the morning when I just like to savour the full experience of the tea. So I sit down with my glass of wine and I drink the wine. Now, often I would choose to not go ahead with this because I actually found in doing this, I didn't really like to drink wine really that much. You sort of full bore like that. But doing this gave me the opportunity to question my goals when I was drinking. If it was boring to just sit and drink a glass of wine without allowing myself to do anything else, and if I didn't like what alcohol was bringing into my life, right, think of the out-of-controlness, the wooziness, the headaches, and so on, then I really began to question why I was drinking at all. And this is very much driven from inside of me. And I encourage you very much as sort of as a, as a what to do, the advice from this podcast or things to try out for yourself is to investigate this for yourself. Now, I'm not saying you should never drink with friends or when you're cooking or when you're watching the TV, but I do encourage you to be conscious about your decisions to drink because they are always decisions. However much you might feel as though you drink on automatic pilot or it's out of your control, Remember, that's just your brain running efficiently. But hold yourself to account and know that every time you put a glass to your lips, that is a decision you are taking, even if it's one that you don't really want to take. Another way to consciously think through your experience of drinking is to plan ahead. I would go into situations prepared really for what I was going to think when I was drinking. Let's say I was going out to a bar with friends. I'd be ready throughout the evening to think I am drinking, right? This was a way of bringing me back down to myself, say I'm actually actively uh, engaged in the art of drinking and that's a conscious decision. That's something I'm doing and that's I'm choosing to do. And this was a way to remind myself that I was really taking an active role um, in the decision to drink and I was 
it would help me to avoid getting swept up in drinking on automatic pilot or seeing myself as a, a victim, you know, sort of out of control that the alcohol was in control, which it never was, of course. The other thought I'd practice thinking is I am a woman who knows how to stop drinking when I've had enough. Yes, you are drinking, but you're drinking with your human brain fully aware of the decision you are taking. It's a totally different mindset. You can do this too by planning ahead and when you're next going to drink, ask what do you want to be thinking the next time you have a drink? Ask what do you want to be thinking next time you have a drink and then you have a second drink? You know, how can you retain that consciousness in the moment? If you're prepared with these thoughts as you go to a party or you go even into the evening at home or towards one of your trigger points, it will be tremendously powerful for you. Over time, you will rewire your brain, stop this sensation of drinking on automatic pilot. Once you drop the distractions, you will find it easier to drop the over drinking. So in summary, know that if you feel as though you're drinking on automatic pilot, it's totally normal. It's because your brain likes to be efficient. It's something you've taught yourself and it's something that leans into how your brain is wired. Now, all this is good when doing tasks that serve us, like cleaning our teeth twice a day, but it isn't helpful when it comes to glugging wine. But zero distraction drinking, taking yourself away from the distractions and focusing consciously on the drinking, brings you back to those times when you drink and gives you valuable information about why you drink, which will help you make the changes you are seeking. Okay, so that's it for this week. We'll pick this up next week. Thanks so much for listening. And if you have any questions, you can reach me on Anna at 90dayslater.co. I'll see you next week. If you want to achieve total freedom around alcohol fast, having a coach is the way to make it happen. So I'm inviting you to a discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit. This is a completely free of charge, no strings attached call. You can sign up in the show notes or by emailing Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast. 